Hello friends and welcome to the Be Kind to Your Mind podcast. I am your host Rachel Bell and my guest joining me on today's show is Julia. My hope is that together we can have an honest and real conversation about mental health and wellness and your life experiences. Please know that this is a safe space to share, listen, learn and evolve in our lives and break down the barriers in our minds together. I am not a health professional, but I am a good listener and someone with real lived experience in this area. If you need someone professional to speak to, please do see the show notes for more information. And please note that this episode may contain content that could upset certain listeners. If you'd like to get in contact, please feel free to email me at bekindtoyourmindpodcast at gmail.com or you can check out the Instagram page at bekindtoyourmindpodcast. Alrighty, well on today's show I get to chatting with Julia. Julia is a wellness coach. Uh, She not only injects a little bit of fitness into people's lives but good eating habits and also mental wellness. We also do chat about a few other things in Julia's life like the fact that she's getting married next year. We talk about COVID a little bit as that's all on our minds and we also talk about things that are close to her heart like the gym, church and we really do discover that the girl loves a hot tub. (laughs) I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Hello, Julia, and welcome to the Be Kind to Mind podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me here. You're welcome, you're welcome. And and you are all the way over in the UK in Brighton. Yes, very lovely, um, sunny today. Is it? Oh, good. Yeah, you're very lucky to live by the seaside. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I love it. It's very therapeutic. Beautiful. We have, um, we'll probably touch on that a little bit later, but one of my favorite things for a little bit of mental wellness is to get down by the water and immerse myself in mother nature. So, um, it's, mm. yeah, I've lived, I've lived by the beach myself before and it's, um, it's very therapeutic. It's really, really good. But you've come to have a chat to us today about you and share with our listeners your story of mental wellness. Um, And interestingly enough, you actually are a wellness coach Um, and you have your own business doing that, but you also work full time for someone else in that same arena as well, right? Talk to us a little bit about what got you into um, being a a wellness coach. So growing up, I've always been really uh, obsessed with kind of health, um, but really just kind of superficially trying to be slim. Um, But then when I went into adulthood, I felt it's more about how I feel and the nutrition I give into my body than the number on the scale. And then I went on a path to explore about, you know, nutrition and I studied health coaching. Um, And then I started working in the field with our local um, national health service here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, now I work with workplace health, just trying to do workplace health programs. And I'm just really passionate about helping people feel their best because I know within myself, I've not always felt my best in my skin. And I feel that your health is your wealth. And I want to share that with other people. So true. And what kind of things do you, um, like in workplace, I guess, workplace wellness, I've never really worked anywhere that has had a program like that. 
um, but it sounds really good. I think there's a lot of pressure to perform at workplaces, uh, productivity and that kind of thing, and just giving people the opportunity to work one-on-one -on -one with a coach, whether with myself or my colleagues, but also creating talks that are specific to them. For example, now during COVID-19, I'm creating talks around, you know, stress during COVID-19, how to manage working from home, distraction on, and, you know, having downtime as well, because mm -hmm. now our working life and personal life is so blurred. And I think you need the reminder sometimes that, you know, because you can't physically get up and leave, you need to be able to turn off. So, yeah, that's really important. Absolutely. But your, so your background, um, although you've studied and you're a professional in your field, you also have real lived experience as well with um, some mental health. I haven't got anything diagnosed. I've not, you know, seen a health professional um, before about this because I feel like still until now, I don't know sometimes how to explain how I feel. And I think that might be some experience of other people. They don't know how to share their symptoms and, you know, find it difficult to put into words but growing up I've, um, I've lived with body dysmorphia I was you know very underweight but I always thought I was overweight and that wasn't a very healthy relationship um, kind of like anorexia but also undiagnosed and so growing up I kind of grew out of it I don't know how but I grew out of it and perhaps through finding out about nutrition and trying to really look after myself in a holistic way um, but I experienced a lot of anxiety as a you know, young teenager, social anxiety, and then also, you know, going to university, anxiety around exams. So perhaps just trying to be perfect and perform. I think that wasn't very healthy for my mind. And then when I started working, I started to experience panic attacks. So I think these are all signs and symptoms that my mental health wasn't quite there, but I didn't know at the time the support to get um, until now I work in the field. And um, I know that you can go out there and ask for help. You can speak to your GP or your doctor. You can get talking therapies, but there is a lot you can do at home to look after yourself as well. So in terms of what I've experienced, um, perhaps, yeah, anxiety, um, some depression, you know, low mood as well. Um, panic attacks as well which really thankfully I haven't had for a number of years now. Okay so do you think it was that experience that you had within yourself and the need to find ways to manage that that got you interested in actually studying wellness as well? Definitely I think I struggled the most when I started university because I moved away from home and I started to live on my own and I wasn't only homesick, but I also put a lot of my uh, pressure on myself to perform. And I also didn't really have confidence in myself. So that was just a constant battle of, I need to perform, but I don't have the confidence I'm gonna do well. And, you know, it's, I think it's a lot in how you think in your mind. And I think a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves unnecessarily, and we are better than we think we are. And I, I think now I've learned that a lot of the thoughts I kind of caused myself okay so I love your podcast the name <laughs> be kind to your mind yeah relevant. well it's the only one you've got that's what I like to say because <laughs> it's the only one you're gonna have um absolutely <laughs> so you do lots of things to actually I, I feel like a lot of your um interests are all surrounding self-care as well would you 
agree. You love to cook and you love to, you teach Zumba, which is, as we were having a chat <laughs> previous to recording, I was saying I felt unco in my very first Zumba class. But, um, you know, it's a very energetic um, fitness routine to do, which would be, and it's so much fun. Um, but yeah, tell me about the things that you love to do that like are your hobbies that probably also tie into to wellness and self-care for you. Yeah, as we discussed before the podcast, um, you know, after the lockdown, it's actually been a really good time to just have time for myself. And um, I've got lots of books here that have been on the to-do list or to-read list since a long time. So now I can finally get through those. And there are a lot about self-care, you know, managing anxiety, journals. I think journals are great. And I'm trying to do journals every evening. Um, also, you know, just exercise or so Zumba. I've managed to do a bit more in, at home. Um, having a hot shower, bath oils, skincare. Um, I think in terms of uh, self-care, engaging your senses is very important. So we're talking about, you know, essential oils for smell or candles physical exercise, movement, um, you know, body oils, just physical, really important um, smells. So there are many things you can do to after yourself. And um, yeah, that's one of the great things that have come out of lockdown. I've had time for self-care. I just hope that we all remember to continue that. And my only fear for some is that they will just go gung-ho back into going out all the time and forgetting to remember all of those things that they learnt in lockdown, like yes. <laughs> anchoring into things that make you feel a bit better, like cooking or spending more time with the family. Like I think that's been a, a big thing that people have been mentioning. I think we should learn from this experience, not just go, oh, that was a nice mini break. <laughs> Back to Yes, more. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I read a quote, I think today or yesterday about, um, I think it was saying something like, before you go back to your rushing back to your old life, re-examine what your old life was like. Why do you want to rush into life that perhaps was never meant to serve you long term? And we know a lot of people were very close to breaking point before lockdowns. So maybe this has forced them to rethink the way that they've been running their life up until now. I really feel that that's important that we um that we do all remember that because it all ties into our mental health, right? Everything yeah. that we think and feel. It's definitely an, an, an important one that I hope people remember as we go forward. An exciting time for new territories. I think definitely exploring what really deep down drives you rather than just going nine to five. That's why I've always done. What else could I do? Uh, you know, just I think creating a new routine for yourself. It's very exciting. Was there anything for you? So I've been in a really interesting position because my old job was coming to an end or I was going to be made redundant. Um, and then miraculously, I got this new job that started on the 6th of April. So just over a month ago, I started this job. Okay. Um, and I really needed change because in my previous job, I wasn't thriving. I was working in health, but I was really overworking myself. Um, I would say that I, wouldn't, I didn't have a very healthy relationship with my boss. And it certainly did affect my mental health. And I was just really hoping for some change. And somehow, miraculously, I got this job where I really feel supported by colleagues and my team leader. And this has been a really good time for me. Um, but it's also interesting because I started working from home from day one. So I haven't met my colleagues yet. Oh, wow. You haven't done Zoom chats or Skype? Or yes, we, oh, you yeah, we're doing everything virtual we meet on a day-to-day -day basis but I love, yeah I love my team and it's great 
and that's sort of, I mean, that happened for me too. I started my new job on the 1st of April and although I'm working in an office, so I've met my colleagues because there's eight of us that work there, we stopped the public coming in. So I have my mm. load of clients who I just talked to on the phone. I've maybe met a handful of them. Um, so you talked a little bit about um, anxiety and panic, ta- panic attacks for you in the past and that they went undiagnosed. I'm really keen to talk to you about that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the undiagnosed part of, of all of that? Yes, of course. I mean, ironically, at the time I was working as a health coach, so I would help other people seek help and, you know, seek their GP. But within myself, I was so oblivious to it. And maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe it's like, oh, I don't need help. And and, um, also, I didn't think it was my mental health because a lot of times when I experienced panic attacks, I thought it was genuinely, you know, genuinely coming from breathing and I just couldn't breathe very well. And it wasn't until it got to a stage where it was really bad. And one of my friends who studies psychology, she was like, don't you think it might be a panic attack? And that's when I had a light bulb moment. And I thought, oh, I haven't thought of that. And I don't know why I haven't thought of it. I just never, it never occurred to me that it might be a panic attack. And I call it my five a day. I actually had about five a day, um, at least at the time. Um, But um, my workplace has been really, really beneficial in terms of you know, just helping me. I said, you know, I need some working from home days and they really helped to transition that and they looked after me a lot. I think some of it was stress related too, um, but we need to seek help. And if I had gone to seek help at a GP and got some therapy, it probably would have helped a lot. But It is refreshing to hear your, your version of how you coped with that. And especially because that honestly sounds like it was quite traumatic for you. Five a day is like a lot <laughs> um for some yeah. people it might not be hardly any for others I, I do think trying to get a support system is really really important but i do also think sometimes people have to you know if they get to a stage where it doesn't get better and it, you know god forbid they get into suicidal thoughts i think they have to definitely seek support yeah very lucky i had a lot of support around me for me um i ignored it for a long time and and didn't really recognize it i didn't put a label on it I don't really like that word but you know I didn't really Mm. say to myself this is what that is um and then at one point I sort of went okay I think I should go and talk to my doctor about it and that honestly for me in my in 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 my path that was when things started going well for me rather than right spiraling (laughs) because I learned how to (laughs) I learned how to breathe through things and um it's just it's you know and, and there was a lot of things I lent into as well like essential oils and um, other kind of self-care regime you're also getting married next year that's pretty exciting and I can't I used to be an event stylist and I was a florist for 25 years specializing in weddings so I know the stress oh I need you here (laughs) (laughs) I know the stress that comes with that on a good day but I cannot imagine how that's played in for your mental health during COVID to try and plan all of this must be hectic for you and I um I'm certainly feeling more on edge when I think about the to-do list for the wedding because um yeah there is this constant uncertainty we've got friends whose weddings have been cancelled and they're postponed to later the year and they can't even invite us anymore because they have to have less people so there's a lot of uncertainty around you know guest list and preparations and also I've got family and friends from all over the world so will they be able to fly in or not Mm. um so absolutely um but luckily you know i got engaged five months ago so new year's eve and 
we were going to get in we wanted to get married in november this year but i'm so glad we didn't pay deposit for anything so you know that was just lucky um and we just really cross our fingers for next year and we've got a good year so we decided may 21 it's going to be we got a good year to decide on all the details and we're just trying to really enjoy the process as well sure. not to put ourselves on so much pressure one good thing is i've actually bought my wedding dress already oh, um wow. like two months in and it was like a sale and i'm so <laughs> glad i don't I, like a big thing TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Straight up. Wow. That is, that's very, very good. Um, so you, you have a business and for you guys who want to check out Julia's work, you can head over to her Instagram page, which is wellness coach underscore Julia. And I'd love to kind of know a little bit more about what you do in your business, who your clients are, how you help them. I support clients one-on-one -on -one, uh, with body confidence, um, so things like body dysmorphia, just feeling more confident um, and getting into shape, you know, if anyone wants to lose weight, but also just feel healthier. It's not about the number on the scale for me, it really is about feeling better. And I use a very unique approach and I tailor everything to the individual and finding resources that work for them. And also the length of the program is individual as well. Um, so I only work one-on-one -on -one for now. Um, if I launch group programs, that would be on my website in the future. Okay, cool. Well, that sounds really good. So you, you not only work on the physical being, but you do a lot of work with the mental side as well, do you? So talking about the self-care and mental health, yeah. Okay. The holistic health approach is very important, and that's something I learned in my health coaching program. So it's about all the things that nourish you beyond your plate. And then my program, it was called Integrative Nutrition. So you're integrating your other areas in your life, which is your social life, which is now very challenging during COVID-19, your work life, that's very important to nourish you, uh, spiritual life, we all have a spiritual life, even if you're not religious. So things like yoga can be a spiritual practice or meditation. Um, and relationships life, you know, that's relationships with yourself, with others, with God. So that's also must be nourishing. So those are all things beyond food. When people think about health, they always think about, oh, am I eating the right macros and calories? And I think that's very boring. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot deeper things to explore than just food. We talked at the beginning of the show that you are living in Brighton and I said we'd come back and, and touch a little bit about on that. We have listeners from all over the world. So um, tell us a little bit about your hometown and, and why you love it and why did you move there? Um, so interestingly, we moved to Brighton when I was 14. So that's half my life now. And I actually originally moved, I grew up in Germany. Oh. And I lived there for 14 years um, in a very small beer brewery town. Um, and, you know, I do call Brighton my new home because Brighton and the UK has been such an exciting move because as, you know, the seaside, a lot more people there in the small town where I lived in before about 30,000 people live there, mm -hmm. maybe less actually. Um, and it's just been really exciting to see lots of um, different backgrounds, multicultural, where I grew up, it wasn't that multicultural at all. Um, you know, studying in a new language and, you know, just make, making new friends. Um, it's just been really exciting. I love Brighton and um, my fiance and I are part of a really amazing church and a really good community. Um, and now we're doing a lot of things virtually like pop quizzes and Bible studies and it's all fun. Um, so we really love Brighton so much. Okay. And like 
for those who don't know the UK very well, Brighton is sort of a um, tourism area as well. So you get a lot of people going for holidays to Brighton. As being like a, a, a teenager, a young teenager growing up, because it's a bit of a party town too, right? A lot of the teenagers head there for like um, school breakout and stuff like that. So growing up, it must have been a very interesting sort of place to live and, and see all of that firsthand. Um, is there any funny stories you want to share with us? Because I imagine you have a few. Um, probably the first time I accidentally joined the gay parade because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and I was in the middle of it with one of my friends. And I'm thinking, oh, I shall not tell my parents because we're Christians and they will be like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but it was really fun. <laughs> I was like 15. Um, yeah, just just love Brighton for the, you know, it is a very uh, outgoing town, lots of bars and, you know, just nice tape town as well. Lots of really quirky shops here. Yeah, yeah, it is very fun. So do you have a favourite place in Brighton that you like to go to? Um, ironically, it's my gym, which I miss a lot because we have like a swimming and hot tub and oh, I really miss the water. I really miss just going into the sauna and the hot tub. Um, and my gym is like has always been my self-care space I always I could spend all day there just not even to exercise I just kind of just relax and have a coffee and go for the hot tub very cool um, so that will be the first thing I'm gonna do once <laughs> yeah that would be um that would be very hard to stop doing if you were doing it regularly for sure I did that a few years ago too actually I joined a gym and ended up paying like a full membership just to use the pool the therapy pool the sauna <laughs> the spas and I used to just go there and spend like two hours just swimming and saunering it was awesome so I'm it's worth it so you also uh told me earlier that you wanted to come on to the podcast today to really share like in line with the reason why I'm doing this really which is awesome that you wanted to share your experiences and really make people feel like they're not alone in um in how they're feeling do you have any advice or is there a mentor or someone that you follow that you would like to suggest to people or recommend or something that's really close to your heart that you want to share with mental health? Um, so I, one thing I want to share is that it's okay. And I know a lot of, this is a cheesy quote. It's okay not to feel okay. And it's okay not to know how to put into words how you feel. Um, but what's not okay is to isolate. That's the least thing that you should do. Really try to connect, try to speak to people about your feels. Do not bottle up any emotions. And talking is strength. It's not being weak. Um, so showing emotions to people that you trust. So it has to be people that, you know, definitely care about you. Um, I've been following a lot of Instagrammers. Um, like uh, one is called Holistic Psychologist. She's great. She's got a lot of information about healthy relationships, healthy boundaries in relationships. Um, Dr. Caroline Leaf, I don't know if you heard of her. No. Uh, I think she's a neuropsychologist um, and she's really great. I would follow her on Instagram or watch some videos on YouTube. She shares a lot about how your brain works and a lot about mental health as well. Okay. Um, uh, Joyce Meyer, she's a female preacher and she's had a really huge impact on my spiritual journey, but also mental health because one of her best-selling books is called Battlefield of the Mind. And it's a lot about you've got different battles going on. You've got the good side and the bad part of your brain and they're constantly in, in battle, um, you know, trying to, one is taking, trying to take over. So you have to distinguish 
Uh, she always says, you don't have to believe your feelings, you know, only because they are your thoughts. You don't have to believe them or take them as your thoughts. You know, you have to kind of clear out the thoughts that serve you and the ones that don't. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been really beneficial. Yeah, one of the life coaches that I used to um, engage with a few years ago always used to say, think about the challenges that are in your life and whether they're going to bring you closer or further to the result or the area that you want to be in. And it was probably one of the most like light bulb moments for me because I was just like, you could use that for everything in life and it would make decisions so much easier um, than you just going with your gut or with your heart because ultimately if you're thinking about where that decision is going to lead you, that's going to be more beneficial than what you just feel like you want to do now. Um, is it going to take me closer or further from my goals? That's um, a good question. Yeah. Um, you've touched a little bit in our chat um, about the church community that you're in. Um, and while I'm not religious, I definitely would love you to talk to us a little bit about that because it is something that was a part of my life, but I choose for it not to be now. And I don't, um, I don't really talk about it a lot, but I think it's definitely an important thing that we should cover off, um, you know, in these chats. And it is part of your story. So I'd love for you to share with us. Yeah, um, I grew up very religious and you know my family is orthodox I was baptized Coptic orthodox and um, I would still consider myself you know part of the orthodox church um, but then growing up I felt like I really didn't understand what you know church was about and um, growing up as a child I never understood why do I have to dress up for church why do I have to say all those prayers it means nothing to me and so actually I my real faith journey has started when I moved out of home when I was about 17 and I went to do life on my own in a way so I was away from home and I thought okay I made a deal with God I said God it's just you and I now and I'm going to give this a try I'm going to try and get to know you because I think you know um, I just thought okay I'm not going to do this on my own I'm just going to try and get to know God and that was through Joyce Meyer the lady that I talked about earlier Mm -hmm. And I just always just listened to her YouTube videos and they gave me a lot of strength actually when I was struggling a lot and she talks a lot about mental health as well. Things like tackling fear and you know those kind of um, topics and since then actually after I finished uni I came back to Brighton and I felt like actually I don't have a church community. I didn't connect with the people in, in that church that I was in before. Um, and I felt really isolated for a number of years and then I went on my own journey to explore other churches and then I found a local uh, church which was incredible but then we moved house um, and since my fiance moved to Brighton last year from London he, he decided well let's go to this local one St Peter's Church and that's what we've been going to since last year and we made a number of really amazing friends um, we've been part of a number of groups uh, we've done a pre-marriage course through them and we just feel really supported um, church is a place for us where we can talk about the difficult things where we can get prayer for but we can also hear um, you know God's word for us and even if you're not religious but it is a really comforting place for us um, to hear God's word on our life and just gives us a bit of purpose as well I have to agree with you there because I did, I grew up very, uh, well, not very religious, but I grew up religious. I grew up going to Sunday school, um, but probably through my teenage years, I lost um, a little bit of trust with it. And then that just because um, I lost my father when I was quite young and then my grandparents. And I think 
that sort of to a teenager that damages you a little bit as to the why, you know. So I struggled mm. a little bit with it. You know, I spoke to to other friends in the in the community, religious community, and I tried, but it, in the end, it just wasn't for me. <clears throat> but I definitely, yeah. I definitely get where um, the the comfort thing that you mentioned. I definitely would think that in a time of crisis and I felt really alone, I feel like I could probably still go and connect in some way or another. And mm. I think it's nice to always have that, whether you practice religion in your daily or not. I don't know. You might find that's a little bit <laughs> not okay. Like, let's just pick it up when we want it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely not. No, <laughs> I, I went into, when I was isolated, I started, you know, to make friends, I went to explore church more to be social as well, to um, have, but to have Christian friends, yes, but because I was very isolated and I don't think there is a problem because church should be a place that is a community and where you feel that you've got fellowship with others. Yeah, and you know what, actually, from my memories of church and when I was younger and going to Sunday school and fellowship groups and stuff as I was growing up, that's the thing that I remember the most. We used to have so much fun and I met so many new friends and we do lots of, you know, fun activities. It was really engaging. And um, you know what, when I stopped doing all of that, I didn't have as many friends. So I think it's probably, you know, I think a lot, it played a lot into my social anxieties though, which is a really nice segue because I know you shared with me that you suffer from a little bit of social anxiety as well to a point where people expect that you are the life of the party, but you actually don't even want to be there. <laughs> I am like that too. I think I, I shared with you for me, I've loved COVID because <laughs> I've been, well, at the beginning I did anyway, because, you know, it, it doesn't put, it, there wasn't that pressure to socialize as much anymore. So for us um, introverts, it was kind of a good thing. Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I think going into different environments really caused me a lot of anxiety, especially when there's a lot of people, a lot of crowds, and I never knew why, but my heart would be pumping. I'd feel really like cold hands, cold feet. And you know, I would uh, stutter and I just wouldn't feel very comfortable and I didn't know why. Um, and some environments, I can really be the life of a party, but as if I'm comfortable, I don't even have to have a drink, you know, it just depends. Put on some music and I just dance and you'll think, oh, I'm the life of a party. But that's how I express myself, you know, I love dancing. Um, but if I'm put in a room with lots of people and I'm having to chat to a lot of people, um, then I don't feel that comfortable and actually I can shut down and I can feel quite nervous. Um, so it just depends. One-on-one, -on -one, I do great. Um, put me in a group, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely, it's a learned skill. I used to, um, I used to give uh, wellness talks to people, um, to large groups and one, well, smallish groups. And then one day I had like a group of 40 at a gym once and I was just like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> And I remember standing out in the adjacent room before I had to walk in just going, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. <laughs> I can't believe you're about to do this. Do you know what? Once I was up there and I was doing it and I was talking about my passion and I was sharing and I was receiving from them as well, it was like, this is awesome. And of course you walk away going, I want to do that again. Like it was so good. So yeah, it can be that real mix, can't it, in life. And it also depends on our mood and how our mental health is that day as well, whether we really want to be engaging sometimes I just don't yeah want to. <laughs> that's what I always say like, I don't want to people today 
So yeah. Do you know what? I forgot to mention that. I think, you know, I mentioned that my last job was stressful. And um, now that we talk about, you know, being in groups, actually my full-time job was delivering group sessions around <laughs> diabetes. For, I did that for almost two years and I really pushed myself out of my comfort zone. So I had to deliver five times a week um, deliver these group sessions and sometimes it would be 20 people and yes there were days where I would drive to work crying because I just didn't feel it I'm on my period or whatever it is you know it would be a day where I just didn't feel like it and I would wipe away my tears and I would go to the session and be like yeah I just have to push through it and after that I'd be so exhausted so you know I think sometimes when you really just push down your emotions and you just fight through your emotions um you just um no you just kind of they're just under the carpet, yeah? And you have to push through for work reasons. But those emotions are still there and it's been really draining because what, it wasn't my nature. Okay, what, what was important for you to do post those to re-energise you mentally and physically? What kind of things did you do to bring yourself back to a place where you're comfortable again? Um, music helps me a lot, but luckily some of the venues I worked in were close to some of my gyms. So my gyms I could access anywhere in the UK. So I used them as offices and like all of them had a hot tub. So honestly, straight after work, I would just go and go to the hot tub straight away to calm my mind. And it helped so much. The girl loves a hot um, tub. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're learning. <laughs> I think there's something very therapeutic about water. Yes. hundred percent. I agree. You're not an Aries by chance, are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm a Scorpio. You also oh, you are you're a fire sign. See, I think that's really people laugh at me because I'm a fire sign and, and I love the water. Like I literally I could be a fish, I think, if I had the opportunity. So it's funny that fire signs love the water so much. You're another one now that I've maybe we need to cool down. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's our hot heads. I don't know. Oh, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. Is there anything important to you that you would like to share? I'd just love to share that, you know, this podcast is about kind, being kind to your mind. This year's Mental Health Awareness Month is around kindness. And I think most importantly, it's not about being kind to others. Yes, we are sharing kindness with our neighbours nowadays, but really think about yourself first. Think about the oxygen mask scenario on a plane. You don't look after yourself. You can't look after other people. So be kind to yourself. Take time out. You know, that is not selfish to have self-care because if you're not, then you're going to be at breaking point and you won't be able to look after the, the ones that you love the most. Uh, and that could be as little as five or 10 minutes a day. Take a deep breath, take a walk, listen to music. Um, and I think that's, that's the message I want to get across to not feel that it's a selfish thing. You really look after yourself so important 100% I agree with you well like I said if you guys would like to get in touch with Julia you can hit her up on her Instagram page at wellnesscoach underscore Julia it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you I wish you all the best for your wedding next year I hope everything goes ultra smooth and COVID is a long gone distant memory <laughs> by that time because it truly is such a special day that you want to cherish but thank you again so much for sharing your story it's been really fun getting to know you and seeing again some similarities uh, one of the my favorite things about doing these um, little chats and conversations on the podcast is seeing how similar we are to to those that are around us and I 
I believe that we really vibrate against the people that we're attracted to, you know? So I think that's yeah. why many people that have wanted to come on the podcast actually are my people and they vibe, vibe on, you know, on my level. So I think that's, you know, it's pretty special and it's been, um, you know, a really fun experience so far. So I can't wait to do lots and lots more. And I hope we get to chat to you. I say this to everyone, actually. I hope we get to chat <laughs> to you again in the future and, um, you know, catch up. I'd love to. Yeah, so be- great to get to know you, Rachel. And, you know, I just think this has happened by chance. By the way, I don't respond to emails all that time at all. A lot of emails is <laughs> going to my junk box. So I'm just thinking this was meant to be. It's so great to connect with you. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Okay, so coming up next, we're going to have a chat with Gareth. I know you all missed it on the last episode. (laughs) Um, This one is a very brief uh, chat with Gareth, basically, because we actually recorded this um, mid the first wave of COVID here in Australia. Um, And Gareth had actually come out of hospital early due to COVID. We didn't want him to get locked in there. And he was short on his uh, regular treatment regime. So he wasn't feeling mentally uh, amazing this day. And I guess I was kind of lucky to get as much out of him as what I did. So it is a brief one, but I think it's really important uh, for those of you out there who are thinking about carers and social workers. And this is why I wanted to add it for you. Hey, darling. Hello. Oh, I just hit record. Yeah, Sorry. I was talking. Welcome back again. Hello. We do like to have me just hit record halfway through a conversation. Yeah, I don't even know when you're going to do it. Sorry. That makes it really interesting. I need one of those flashing lights, don't I? Like record yeah, on, on air. On air, on air, on air. Goals, podcast goals right yeah, there. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about carers and that's why I thought I'd quickly hit re- <clears throat> record because... Um, I'd mentioned to you about a podcast I'd recorded where we talked about how pivotal the carer was to the person when they were in hospital. And because you have been to hospital a lot in the last 20 years and had a lot of carers, social workers, even your parents, what's been the best support? Not the best, but what's helped you rather than doing it alone? When have you gone, I'm so glad I have X, Y, Z in my life right now? I think grassroots social workers in the past were less hindered by political correctness and what they could and couldn't say and what boundaries they could and couldn't cross and they used to just give it to me and say what so they just were really honest with you they would just say if you want to make your life better you can it's up to you it's your choice every choice you make is your own yeah you know and that stuff that stuff helped me i mean you know especially with the drug addiction and that side of things actually having someone tell me that I had a choice I didn't have to wake up every day and you know do inventory and work out what how I was going to get what and do what and my life didn't have to be about that and I needed to be told that my life didn't need to be about that. My life could be about something completely different. So you were like caught up in the process of um, your day-to-day runnings of how you were going to yeah. get the next hit or yeah. make the money or whatever yeah. it was to get yeah. through that day. And you, So you needed someone to break the routine. Well, I was so caught up in it. I thought it was the only way I could live my life. Yeah. And I had one particular social worker who, Maria, who one day... 
um, said to me, you know, you don't have to live like this. It's a choice. You're actually making a choice to use. And Light bulb moment, right? Yeah, I just went, like, my head exploded. I, 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 I hadn't even considered that what I was doing could not be happening. Mm. You know, um... Tell, I, the, tell the listeners the cool thing about Maria since you brought her up. So, 12 years ago, um, I was in an acute psychiatric ward. Um... And one day I had a visitor and it was a lady called Maria. She worked for an organization called Norwood, which is now Breakthrough, but that's beside the point. <laughs> she came in and said, would you like to um, have some assistance in your day to day life and just have some guidance and some help? And I, I was ready at that moment. I was vulnerable. I mean, they say you've got to hit rock bottom and all that. I don't know how much I agree with all those theories, but I was receptive and open to the idea of getting some help at that point, and she just got me at the exact right time. Now, I worked with her for maybe two or three years, and she helped me through a lot of rough patches. And then flash forward to, like, a couple yeah, of weeks ago, I, I what stopped, happened? I stopped working with her. Yeah. And, and, and then I was um, looking for a new social worker because I felt that I needed some guidance. So I kind of look at them like life coaches. Mm-hmm. And I try and guide the sessions that way as well when I'm talking to them. Yeah. I like being told, which is rare. <laughs> a lot of people don't like being told. No. Nah. But I do. And... Um, it turns out that Maria was available to work Twelve with me years later. and remembered me and remembered and what did she say to you? Specific stories about things that happened twelve years ago. Yeah, but what did what did she say to you though about when she saw you again after twelve years? How your life is now? Oh, she was amazed. She yeah. said, "You've done so well. You're one of the stories of success. You're you're the example of why I do what I do." What a brilliant moment for her as someone um, in that kind of field myself, being able to see someone positively change through how you help them is uh -huh. very heartwarming. So I can only imagine that she was um, pleasantly surprised to see you again and work with you again. So it was really good. She wanted to know all about how I had improved things and what advice she could maybe take with her and give to other people. Yeah, because you'd moved yeah. through things and that's awesome. Thanks, darling. Alrighty, friends. Well, that wraps up episode five. I hope you all enjoyed listening to Julia and Gareth and my chat today. Um, if you haven't listened to episodes one through four, please do feel free to jump back and have a little listen. Um, as a, Each and every story that I have put on the podcast is special in its own way and um, all deserve to be listened to. Uh, coming up on our episode 6 I do have a little uh, special episode in mind uh, I feel like I want to give you guys a little teaser about it but I'm thinking that I might actually do an episode about my background and a little bit about my story I'm not sure how that's going to work yet or if I'm going to do it that way if I don't 
actually might have something else fun in mind for us for episode six so stay tuned Alrighty, well I just want to thank you all once again for listening. I hope you were able to gain some insight and feel a little bit more comfortable with your barriers as we aim to normalise mental health in our world. If you would like to be on the show, please email me or go to the Instagram page and fill out the form in the link, guest application. If you like the show, please give me a five-star rating so we can spread the word further and tell all your friends and family about the podcast as well. The more people who hear our stories, the more equality we can gain. If you're struggling today, I see you. Keep going. Tomorrow is a brand new day. Until next time, friends, take care and don't forget to be kind to your mind.